The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformational Healing, With your host, Dr. Bonnie Morrow, there are a variety of techniques for hands-on healing that can help you move closer to your vision of good health. In our program, we discuss both the business and science of dealing with different aspects of the healthy community with specialists in various energy practices. Now, here is Dr. Bonnie Morrow. Hi, this is Dr. Bonnie Morrow. Welcome to Transitional Healing. We're glad you're here today, and please get you a cup of tea, cup of coffee, sit back, and just enjoy the show. Today, we have a friend of mine, and that is Dr. Donna Fink. She, her doctorate is in a doctorate of divinity, so we have to be careful around her, you know? And she specializes in spiritual healing. Of course, she's a certified healing touch practitioner, a certified natural health practitioner, a Reiki master, and she has extensively studied sacred geometry, sorry, pardon me, geometry, the sacred feminine, aromatherapy, and flower essences. And I'd like to welcome Donna to the show. Good morning, Bonnie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing uh, really good. Good. I will call Dr. Donna Donna, as we are friends, and we have been for several years, and she has taught classes in sacred geometry that I wasn't able to take from her, so I'm really excited today to to pick her brain and see what all she knows. Okay, so tell us about a little bit about sacred geometry, please, Donna. Right, uh, Bonnie. Maybe I'll start with um, the Merriman-Webster definition: um, sacred, meaning dedicated or set apart for service, worship, or entitled to reverence. Geometry, uh, which I tried to stay away from in high school, but unfortunately didn't. Mathematical with the measurement properties and relationships of points, lines, angels, angels, angles, surface, and points, an arrangement of objects or parts that suggest geometric figures. Both of those terms are pretty dry, in my opinion, because as I learned more and more about sacred geometry, I really felt that that definition should be expanded, that it was more that sacred should be expanded, meaning something that was set apart for wonder, for the expansion of knowledge essential to human, spiritual, and scientific growth. And in many instances, forms of sacred geometry obviously are a focal point for prayer, meditation, and reflection. So it really is more than just the textbook version of the word sacred and geometry. Great. And how, how did you get interested in the subject, especially if you didn't 
pass it with flying colors in, in school. Well, I actually took two years of Latin to keep from having to take that final year of math. <laughs> and then they changed the rules, and I had to take geometry. So, um, But this is not you know, a school geometry, but this really, the reason I got interested in sacred geometry is because of you. Um, several years ago, when I was taking, I believe, a level two class um, with you, you had several books on the table, and I was drawn to two in particular. One had a purple cover, the other one had a blue, and it had a beautiful design on the front of it in gold. And the name of the book was The Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life by Dromvalo Melchizedek. And I thumbed through that book, and I saw all these forms of geometry. I was like, oh, no, there's just no way. So I said to you, I said, Bonnie, do you think this book is too much for me? And you said, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So I got both of them. And I started reading those books, and there's a lot of material in them, but what really drew me to the books was the flower of life form that was on the front and the information that Melchizedek had actually been given insight to. And I could not turn myself away for weeks from that form. I just had to go back and keep looking at it and reading more about it. And it was just, I guess, imprinted on my soul for some, for a letter, better reason. And then as I went through Healing Touch, the different levels of Healing Touch, I found that there were so many references to the techniques that we use in Healing Touch, things like the chakra spin-up, the spiral meditation, which is a beautiful meditation, the spinal cleansing, just a name a few of those things that involve spirals and moving the energy in a circular emotion or even evaluating the energy centers of the body uh, by their spins. And it was all tied back to the sacred geometry. So that fork in the road that you helped me take sent me off on this path of looking at this beautiful form. I agree with you. The flower of life form is is breathtaking for me. You know why I, I think it really, some of the reasons behind that, um, because as you study, it's really a roadmap of understanding nature in all of its forms. And the beauty of it, and when you understand all the various pieces of it, it becomes an interlacing of various disciplines. So you bring together math and beauty, science, energy, spirituality, and it really allows us to see the world and space and our place in it. I mean, I love the term that you hear today, which is either by DeGrasse Tyson or Sagan, I'm sure which one of them started it, but we are made of stardust. And as you interpret the flower of life and you look into the different forms of sacred geometry, you truly are part of the universe. True, we are. And you know, the the sacred geometry form that, that fascinates me is the the shell, the spiral shell that, I don't know the name of it. It's the Nautilus, I think you're trying to. Yes, 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 yes it is. And that the Nautilus is, like, is beautiful. Yes. So and can you share some of the forms that fall in these categories, Donna? I, I sure can, and um, I'd be happy to do that. I was also curious if you'd like to know um, what it looks like, the flower of life. You and I know what it looks like, but not maybe everyone does. Um, and would that be helpful, Bonnie? Please. Okay. It's 
basically, if, you, if we all turn into our imagination, uh, 19 overlapping circles, and each of the circles has an equal radius. So you have these 19 beautiful circles that overlap each other, and it's surrounded by two concentric circles. So you can envision either a flower or a seed. Um, it just gives you that look as you begin. And you start it with a single circle, and then you continue to move to an innermost point and project another circle in a counterclockwise. And we'll talk about that some more when I break it down. Um, but this form is just, it's all over the world. I mean, it was known, uh, the Temple of Osiris in Egypt. That temple itself was 6,000 years old in Abydos. But this imprint, or there are several imprints, was from 535 BCE. You can go to Denmark, to the Tani Church in Denmark, and you will see that same symbol on the older portions, portions of the nave from the Gothic and the Middle Ages. If you wanted to go to Bulgaria, you'd see another uh, series of these forms in an ancient city of Kabul, K-A-B-I-L-E, from 893 B.C. In Israel, at the palace of King Herod in the first century. Um, in Turkey on the floors of the mosaic houses in Ephesus. Um, those are there as well. And also they found that the shirts that the sultans used to wear underneath their garbs had those sacred symbols on them, and they were thought to protect them. And it's all the flower of life. Uh, you can move to the Orkney Islands at 1100 A.D., and you'll find the egg of life on the Templar tombstone, which opens up a other whole thought process about sacred geometry. Or even look at the floor, marble floors at the Golden Temple of the Sikhs in Amstar, India from 1581. Or the Forbidden City in Beijing where the paws of the lions are resting upon a cylindrical flower of life. I mean, it's just everywhere and throughout all the centuries. Um, it's just an amazing form. And we never knew where uh, or what they really symbolized. Uh, until we came into the more modern days and we had an individual, uh, John Bell on the Celtic that I mentioned before, who actually had some insight given to him on a spiritual plane about the meaning of the flower of life and all the elements that were within it. So would you like to break down that form or shall we go back to the Nautilus? Oh, no, no, no. Let's break down the several components of the form. Okay. Um, let's start with the single circle, a perfect radius, and let's think about that in two forms. One, the geometry of it. You could also think about it as we go through here, the creation of life. So the single, so, single circle was an atom. Well, we know today, as time has gone by, that that atom is made up of three parts. But when we first saw it, it was one. So at the day one, we had a single circle, it was an atom, and all life springs from an atom. The second day, we had two interlocking circles. So we had one radius circle, and the other one came in about halfway through the middle, so they were cut in the middle. So you had two circles, and they're known as the Vesica Pisces. If you think about Christianity and look at that portion that's between those two circles, you will see the Christian symbol of the fish, 
which was the first day of creation. On the this, third day, I'm sorry, Bonnie. This is this is so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, day, Donna. On the third day, we had a form that now we have three circles. So we have our middle circle, and we're going on a counterclockwise motion, and we're putting one sphere after another sphere around this circle. And this is the second rotation, and those three circles, you can think of those in many ways. Father, Mother, Child, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Maiden, Mother, Crone, Life, Death, or Rebirth, or the Land, Sea, and Air. So you can see how we're starting to build our universe. Going to move to the fourth. Now we have four circles. And it's considered the third rotation because we're going in a counterclockwise motion as we're adding those spheres. And these four circles represent air, fire, water, and the earth. So that is quite the like the Chinese, that the Chinese medicine deal with, with those elements, too. Absolutely, and we continue to see that through so many different disciplines. Um, those four, the four directions or the four elements. Now I'm going to move us forward a little bit um, to the seed of life form, which is seven circles. Which, is, if you think about it from a biblical standpoint, it represents the seven days of creation. But let's take it a, another step further, Bonnie. Something that you and I deal with all the time, which is if you straighten out those seven circles, the center circle with the six around it that have been placed over it, and you straighten it out, you see the energy forms known as the major chakra centers. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So now you've got, you know, the creation in the biblical sense, and now you also have the energy field that we use in our energy work. And that's the seven circles. Now I'm going to take us even further, and we're going to move into the 13. Now we have 13 circles. And I realize <laughs> you have to use your imagination a little bit since you're not looking at a screen. But let's put it in a flattened form so you can look at it. We have five circles down in a horizontal line. And then we're going to place two circles on each side of the column centered around the middle three circles, if you can get a picture of that. So a column of five, and then we've got two on each side in the middle of those five. And then we're going to place two other on each side of those two. So did I draw that out for you, Bonnie? (laughs) (laughs) Could you do it one more time, please? So we've got a column of five. One column? One column, because we flatten the form out. So we have one column in the middle, which is right. five circles. Yes. And, there, and the three, there are three circles in the middle of the five, right? Right. So we're going to place two circles on each side of those three. Okay. Right? We're so, not elongating our column. No, we're not elongating our column. We're putting them on the middle of those five that are going down in the middle. So you have... Three in the middle of the five and two on each side of those three. Okay. And then to make it more interesting, on those outside two, we're going to put two more on each side. Okay. So now we have 13. 
Alrighty, I think I've got that. Donna, let's take a quick break and okay. hold your thought, everybody, and we'll come right back to the 13th. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about Healing Touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to healingtouchtx at aol.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Welcome back. This is Dr. Bonnie with Transformational transformational healing and our special guest today is Dr. Donna Fink and she's talking about sacred geometry and before we went to break she was giving us a visual picture and and Donna could you please draw that picture for us again yes I'd be happy to Um, the form is called the fruit of life and we have flattened the 13 spheres that fit in that consist that fruit of life so we have a column of five spheres in a horizontal line, and you'll notice that there are three circles in the middle of those five. So we're going to draw two more circles on the right-hand side and the left-hand side of those three middle circles. Okay. And then we're going to add two more circles on the outside of those other two circles on each side that we just drew. Okay. I've got mine all drawn. Terrific. 
terrific. <laughs> and we're going to call this form the blueprint of the universe. And it's known that way because within that form, in the center of it, as you connect the pointed or end pieces of two cubes, a big cube and a 3D cube in the middle, that they attach or they connect at each of the points in those circles. And I know that's a little hard to understand, but just the concept here I think is the most important. We call this the Metatron Cube, and it's a cube within a cube that's placed within these spheres. And why is it called Metatron? It's after an angel called Metatron who is called the one who guides or the angel of life. And you'll see references to this in the books of Enoch and also um, a slight reference in Exodus 23-20-21 where the angel was sent to lead the Israelites and it's said that the angel was Metatron. And because this cube within a cube of the sphere is representing all of life, that's why it's the guardian of life. Okay. All righty. And that is uh, the guardian of life. Can you t- tell us then, that, is that the star tetrahedron? Well, that's actually the next thing that we're going to talk about. Oh, um, good is the star tetrahedron because that form, which is two superimposed tetrahedrons, so you've got one, for lack of a better term, one pyramid shape going up and the other one coming down, but they cross over in the middle of each other. And it's generally shown as a 3D form. And it's a very interesting form because you'll see it in some of da Vinci's work. Uh, where you have the the axis of the man in the wheel, if you'll remember that particular form. Yes. And for Melchizedek, he considered the star tetrahedron to be what they called the light vehicle, that you could do a specific meditation that would actually allow you to connect multidimensionally and with source, whatever you thought source was. Okay. Um so it's, it's a beautiful form. It's also uh, the Star of David. Uh, if you look at that form in um, terms of, of Jewish life, it is the Star of David as well. So this form is in within this Metatron's cube, as well as all the platonic solids, which I'll kind of go over rapidly in just a second. Because I also wanted to share with you the other form that is in the 13 spheres, which is called the Tree of Life. And the Tree of Life is from the Kabbalah, Jewish mystical tradition. But actually, the Tree of Life in various forms has been seen through all of history. In, you know, Egypt, it's in the Baha'i faith, the Jewish faith, the Christian faith in different forms. And it represents, again... Um, foundation and splendor and knowledge and wisdom. So you're seeing in this 13 symbol form not only the star tetrahedron and not only the tree of life, but those things that are very essential to different belief systems in in the world. And, I and, and how is how is that, Donna? Because the forms forms are sacred because 
of two, I believe, because of two reasons. One is because as human beings, we see these forms and we have decided they have meaning. But I also believe that many of these forms carry their own energetic imprints and that we as human beings respond to those forms. If we're all made of atoms, which we are, and everything is made of atoms, it seems logical to me that we would respond to those forms in the same way. Okay. Um, but the star tetrahedron form, just to take us out in the universe for a second, um, the, uh, Venus, the planet Venus, actually in its rotation transits, eight-year transits, the last one was 2004 to 2012. When it makes its movement, its synodic circle between its conjunctions, it forms a star tetrahedron. I didn't know that. I didn't either for a long time, <laughs> but I was just totally blown away. Just blown right. away by that. Um, so let's, I can take you into mathematical stuff, but I probably won't. Uh, but I do want to share just a couple of thoughts as we move into the, the things that we were talking about, the Nautilus and some other things, for it to make sense. And again, to bring home the synchronicity in our universe, which is just incredible. Uh, Fibonacci liked rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> but he also developed um, this looking at number sequences and looking at how plants would grow and flowers would grow and, and how we would create um, spirals and those kinds of things. And by using number sequences, and I'll give you some ideas so that next time you look at these plants, you can count things. If you look at the petals of a buttercup, it'll have five. If you have lilies, it'll have three. Daisies will be in 34, 55, or 87 patterns. Look at those leaves. And they're that way because it's the way the plant goes for nature. But that's also numerical sequencing that's imprinted in nature. And taking that sequencing, Fibonacci created what's called the golden section, which in a very um, short point, I'll just tell you, also refers to things like golden ratio, golden proportion. And that's how rectangles are made in a way um, that you can look at proportion, whether it's a face or a building or a piece of art. And it also ties to a number that you may remember from school, 1.618034. Yes. The golden ratio, golden proportion, which also converts, goes into pi and all those other things. But we won't go into that because we don't have the detail for it. But what I would like to share with you is that our very DNA is a long stack of golden rectangles in a double helix spiral. So it is in the golden ratio. Our DNA. Uh-huh. Our DNA. So, so what? You know, what of all this, you know? Well, look at your sunflower. Look at its formation. Look at the beautiful nautilus shell, which is a spiral that if you place it within the golden ratio, it will have this, these percentages, this 1.618 distance from where the spiral starts to where it spins out at the different angles. You can look at a hurricane and place this ratio on it, and you'll get that same sense. Um, a lot of artists use that in their paintings 
Da Vinci, Michelangelo, Raphael, even Dolly. It's a conception of proportion. Um, the Nazca lines in Peru, the actual labyrinth there, Professor Clive Ruggles of the University of Leicester has looked at those spirals and seen those kinds of relationships. Um, petroglyph, petroglyphs in Mexico show that same thing. And even in, in Greece. So it's just, I mean, it's just, again, you're building on that wonder of the synchronicity of not only math and science, but how it works into art. And the platonic solids, I'll take you back there just a minute, because that 13 spiral form with the tetrahedron in it, the metatron cube in it, the metatron cube contains all of the platonic solids. If you look at that cube and you, you know, move your lines around connecting the cube points to the different spheres within that, mm-hmm. you have all five of the platonic solids, all the building blocks of the world, things that you find in diamonds and fluoride and honeycombs and snowflakes and everything. Amazing. You find in the five platonic solids. So you talked about the uh, lines in Peru, and I know that you were just in Peru. Uh, were you able to see those lines? I was not able to see the Nazca lines in Peru, uh, which was unfortunate. It wasn't on my trip. But what I thought was interesting about Peru was that there are spiral symbols in a lot of their architecture, and the, the advertising company that actually promotes the state or country of Peru has included the spiral in the first letter of Peru. I didn't know that one either. I'm learning a lot from you today, Donna. (laughs) (laughs) So it just keeps coming through. I mean, life just keeps coming through, and it's come through this beautiful uh, flower of life as we break it down into the fruit of life, and then you look at the Metatron's cube that's within that, and you see all of the building blocks of life. I, you know, I knew that life came from the uh, center of the Vescus Pisces, but I didn't think about it as being an atom. So that has answered a lot of questions for me today. Bonnie, you know that atom, we just thought it was one thing at one point, and then we discovered it was, you know, the nucleus, the proteus, and I've, I've forgotten the energy last piece of that. But now they're looking at that, and they're breaking out things called quarks and leptos, and, and that's all I know about that subject. <laughs> Can you but tell us some more about is, that? <laughs> yeah, but what's amazing is the deeper we look into nature, the more wonderful it is, and the more, I don't know if it's more complex or simple, but it's just amazing to me. You know, we see it in everything that we do. I mean, you look at the Chartres Cathedral, which was built in 1205 A.D., and it has the, the traditional um, cross-shaped construction. And if you look under that cross-shaped construction, you will see the Vesica Pisces, the spears of the Vesica Pisces. Uh huh. Yes, I have been. I've seen that. Uh, actually, we're paying attention to the labyrinth that was yes. in Chartres Cathedral. Yes, and if, if the rose window in the west 
collapsed onto the floor, it would directly fit over the labyrinth at Shards. Yes, 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 yes. Which is uh, fabulous. Yes. I, I, Donna, I would like to, in our next segment, I would like to go into your uh, ceremonies and how you do those. But can you, uh, do we need to finish up? The, the only thing that I would mention is if you're looking in the world for sacred geometry, the medicine wheel is a wonderful form, and it is part, I do use that in um, ceremony, and also mandalas. And the, and the Buddhist form, the Sri Yantra, which means beauty, mastery, and majesty. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you, uh, can you recommend some books for our listeners? Yes, because this journey is, once you start on it, it just keeps unfolding. Besides Dromvella McKelzadek's books, and there's a lot of information in there, but I really focused on The Flower of Life because I was drawn to that. There's another wonderful book, The Dimensions of Paradise, and it's the New Jerusalem model by John Mitchell. And he's looking at a 12-sided form based on the New Jerusalem um, model in Revelations. And it's very interesting, very interesting. The other book is Patterns of Eternity by Malcolm Stewart. And he has a form that's called the Starcut Design. And it is, again, looking at math and science and beauty within that form and also in the Sufi tradition. So both of those are very interesting books in addition to McKelzadek's book. Great, great. Okay, we're going to go to a quick break and we'll be right back. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about healing touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Are you ready for a real, fact-based show about alternative and natural approaches to health? Listen for Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Drs. Jim and Janine Fox. We're not about the latest health fads. 
We're about proven methods from real patients and real situations. Each week's show is an eye-opening look behind the scenes of real health. Live healthy, be healthy can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Welcome back to Transformational Healing. This is Dr. Bonnie Morrow. And today our guest is Dr. Donna Fink. And she's talking to us about sacred geometry. And in our last two segments, we've kind of finished up. Uh, Donnie, is there anything, any last minute before we go into ceremonies that uh, you would like to tell our listeners? What I'd really like to share with them is, you know, please continue to search in the natural world for its wonders. And remember that we're all made of stardust and that it has a whole new meaning. And, you know, sometimes we don't realize what's apparent because we don't have the technology um, to look at something. But just remember the little atom. We thought it was one, it became three, and now we're looking at quarks and leptons. And remember the Hubble? The Hubble was pointed at a space that was empty. It appeared to be empty, and they left the Hubble in that space for a long time. And lo and behold, there were thousands of galaxies, thousands of galaxies in an area where we thought there was nothing. So when we're exposed to sacred geometry in any of its forms, remember its beauty, remember the subtle energetic frequency of our own geometry, and are we responding to that? Are we responding to the energetic blueprint and it doesn't make any difference what your beliefs are about how the universe began. You've got to be blown away about the synchronicities between art, science, nature, spirituality. I I just think it's wonderful. Yes, it certainly is. And you've opened our eyes today, Donna. And you've given us some references where we can go and find out more information. But one of the things that always fascinates me about you, Donna, is your uh, ceremonies. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. I, ceremony, to me, I think is something that is very important in today's world. I mean, we do have ceremony in terms of weddings and bar and bat mitzvahs and funerals and all those kinds of things. But it's become, in many aspects, at least in my opinion, more of a okay, you know, who sent presents to who or, you know, who's going to be there that needs to be there politically or whatever. That soul meaning, in my opinion, seems to have gone out of ceremony. Um, Ceremony is integral to our lives. We need to, I used to, I probably kidded with you, Bonnie, stop, drop, and go within. Those are my three things in terms of ceremony. And I work with ceremony with women predominantly, but it could be with men as well. 
in terms of learning to stop, drop, and go within. My actual um, thesis for my master's had to do with looking at nine different points in a woman's life that I thought were critical in terms of stopping and evaluating where we were, and I put together some tools uh, to actually help someone do that in terms of things like meditations, um, creating sacred space, an energetic space for you, where you would feel safe, um, also looking at things that would help that focus, and the focus in terms of maybe it was flowers or a special rock or a picture or something that would help you focus. You know, most of them are done by yourself, but obviously some of them could be done with your group. For instance, if you have a young woman who is entering or a young girl who is entering womanhood, I think we should celebrate that and celebrate it in a way that's not embarrassing, but celebrate it in a way where the, the answer for her making decisions in her life is not just saying no, but saying my body is so important and my gift that I could give to the world bringing a child into the world is something that I should be treasured. My body really is a temple, and as I go into that, I feel good about it. I know who I am. If I had a circle, for instance, I would ask a woman who has a daughter to bring together the daughter's friends and perhaps women, older women, that are important to her. And we would have a circle where there would be things that meant something to this young woman and friends that meant something to her. And we would honor her for this passage, whether it was through poetry or a special little bracelet that her mother wanted to give her or a song or funny stories or whatever. But to, to actually spend time with her, maybe give her a name that only they know, a special name. A passage is so important, and when we don't give young people a passage, they're going to find their own. Young men are going to find it possibly in violence or gangs. They need a passage in life. Women who are going through the change of life, for lack of a better term, were actually honored in many societies. Our modern-day European doesn't usually honor that, but it used to be a time when a woman was honored for her knowledge. The womb was not bearing forth children, but she was bearing forth wisdom to her community. So celebrate that in a circle, in a ceremony, in a labyrinth, in a medicine wheel. I work with my medicine wheel. Medicine wheel is a reflection of life. It takes you through your stages in life. It takes you through your emotional times in life, your spiritual life, and brings those things together. Honor where you were, but honor where you're going, because where you're going is so wonderful. So ceremony to me, I think it's critical, meaningful, loving ceremony, even in the time of passing of a spouse or a child. It can be, a ceremony can be an opening gate to healing, an opening gate to moving through into the future and honoring your life with that person. So it's, to me, it's a critical thing, and it can be done in so many ways. For a, I'll take you back to a young girl. I also think it's important for a dad or a male figure to take that young girl to lunch or take her to an amusement park or something, honoring her for this passage so that she has a very good self-image, so that a young man has a good self-image. If he goes off to, a, there's a professor in um, 
I'm trying to think, the Rockies area, who will actually take a group of boys out into the wilderness, and they will do things together and sit down and, and talk and circle together, or they'll be go off for a few hours in the night by themselves and come back and share what they've learned about themselves. That gives a young man a sense of self, a sense of purpose, a sense of understanding what other young men are going through. So all through life, whether it's birth, you know, coming of age, widowhood, getting a divorce, um, if funerals, whatever it may be, or just every single day when you get out of bed and you put your feet on the floor and you feel that good energy from the earth and you say to yourself, okay, now's my time for my coffee or now's my time just to sit out on the porch in the woods and listen to the birds. That can be ceremony because it enriches your life and it enriches those around you. And always have things at a table or on your desk, something that reminds you of who you are and the beauty of your soul and being part of the universe. Ceremony. Ceremony, ceremony. Thank you. So you say you're writing a book about the nine integral uh, transition points? I have all the pieces, and all I have to do is sit down and write it because it was <laughs> in my thesis. Um, Actually, it was also in my uh, dissertation. So I am going to take that information and put those pieces together in a book. And do you have a name for your book yet? I don't, Bonnie. Maybe you can help me with that when the time comes. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, and will you please tell our listeners how to get a hold of you? Um, I can be reached, actually, um, via... I have. My email address is Adirondack, and I'll spell that for those of you uh, who need it, A-D-I-R-O-N-A-D-C-K-269 at earthlink.net. Or you can also go to my website, which is healingmountains-lifecycleceremonies.com. You better say that one again. All right. It's, I just went blank. I can't believe that. (laughs) Healing, healing mountains. Healing mountains hyphen life cycle ceremonies dot com. Okay. Thank you, Donna. That's, (laughs) um, that's kind of a mouthful. It is a mouthful. (laughs) Um, but you know, I, I asked. I had several different names, and I asked what I should use, and that's what I was guided to use. So we'll see. <laughs> Good. And don't forget the hyphen between the S and the L. Yeah. Mountains hyphen life. Right. So healingmountainslifecycleceremonies.com. Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners today, Donna? You want to talk a little bit about your Peru trip? My Peru trip was wonderful. And if you don't have a chance to go to Peru, uh, I would put that on my list. And not just Machu Picchu, although I thought Machu Picchu was just beautiful. um, But the Sacred Valley is just uh, a wonderful um, 
beautiful area, and it, the river that runs through the Sacred Valley runs all the way from the highlands of the Andes to the Amazon, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, and a couple things about the people in Peru that I think are worth thinking about, uh, and hopefully their philosophy will stay the same as they modernize. And one is the idea of reciprocity. Peru is, a lot of Peru, particularly in the highlands, is an agricultural area. And their philosophy of life is called reciprocity. And reciprocity means that if your neighbor needs help, you go help them. And if you need help, they'll help you. And their whole life is based on reciprocity. Whether it's your oxen that got hurt or, you know, you need a ride down to Lima or something, it doesn't make any difference. It's the idea of, I will help my neighbor, my neighbor will help me. And I thought that was just beautiful. And, and Bonnie, you, should I share the other one? <laughs> certainly. The other one we had to do was we had a wonderful guide who was from the area. And he said that the people up in the highlands area of Peru, of course Peru has had a lot of violence in its past, as many countries have, but um, they don't like violence in the highlands. So they decided that only one day a year could you be angry at anybody. The other 364 days of the year, they have a peaceful environment. You have to be peaceful. But on that one day, if you need to yell at somebody or, you know, beat the snot out of them, excuse me, you know, that's (laughs) the day to do it. And then it's over. It's over. It's totally over. So they had some interesting um, philosophies that I thought were really beautiful. And our guide's name was was Jonathan. Um, up in the Highlands, they're now all the all the farms are community farms, so you can't sell a property or piece of property unless the entire community does. And fortunately or unfortunately, one community decided to sell um, their farmland, and a commercial airport is going to be placed on that land. My concern that I expressed to this. Um, wonderful guide was, I hope that you can maintain your philosophy of reciprocity and helping one another as you bring in the modern world um, at 12,000 feet, because the Syrian highlands is just beautiful. It's just field after field after field of, at 12,000 feet of quinoa and corn and lupins and potatoes of every kind known to mankind up there. And it's just incredibly beautiful. The people are just so genuine and so warm. And my concern for them is bringing the modern world into that environment. I understand why. You know, we all want our children to do better. And I hope that they can get it right. I hope so, too. Yes, Donna, I do hope so. So um, you have, in just a couple of seconds, uh, you're married. You have a son and a daughter-in-law with three fabulous grandchildren. Yes, Is that I'm right? very blessed. Yes. And uh, three Cocker Spaniel dogs? Three Cocker Spaniel dogs who are out on the porch um, right now so that they wouldn't bark through this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And no cats. No cats, Bonnie. Sorry. Okay. Well, I'll have to bring you one or something. Well, you and uh, you and your husband will have to come up and enjoy us up here in the mountains. 
Oh, uh, Donna is at the moment in northern New York State in the Adirondacks, and uh, my husband and I are here in hot, hot Houston, and boy, have we had rain. You, you have. You have. Woo. Yes. Uh, here it's 65, Bonnie. Uh-oh, bring my coat. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. I would like to thank Dr. Donna very, very much for being on our program today. I learned a lot, and listeners, I hope that you did too. And if you'd like to know more about what she's talking about, you can look on her website at healingmountains-lifecycleceremonies.com. Yes. All righty. Take care of yourselves and know that you don't have to be sick to feel better. And God bless and take care of yourself. Thank you for listening today. Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow is broadcast live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a healthy week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.